familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. We are busy, multitasking mamas, and many of us are breastfeeding and pumping for our babies on the go. So what happens when you need some privacy when you're out in public with your baby? Where do you go? Today, we're talking about the importance of lactation rooms and legislation to support it. We're the Boob Group. I use a breast pump. I hand express milk for my baby. I exclusively breastfeed. I use a nipple shield. I breastfed after a C-section. I use a milk bank. I breastfeed in public whenever I feel like it. I pump at work. I breastfeed with a cover. I breastfeed twins. I give my baby bottles. I made my own supplemental nursing system. I supplement with formula. I talk to my baby while I breastfeed. I'm breastfeeding as a survivor of sexual abuse. When I have extra milk, I share it with other moms. We are equal. We are the boob group. Welcome to the boob group. We're here to support all moms who want to give their babies breast milk and to respect the choices of moms who want to feed their babies in other ways. I'm Sunny Galt. Thanks so much for listening to us. Do you have an episode idea for us? We've released more than 165 episodes in the last four years of producing the show, and that is a lot of topics. But what do you want to know more about? Email us or send us a voicemail through our website. Need even more breastfeeding and pumping information? Then join our boob group club. You'll get bonus content after each episode, plus transcripts from our episodes and much more. All right, so let's meet everybody that's joining our conversation today. I'll kick things off. I'll tell you a little bit about me. So I'm Sunny, and I'm kind of moderating our conversation today. I have four kids, and yeah, let's see. My my oldest is five, a boy, then I have a four-year-old boy, and then I have twin girls who are two and a half. And as far as lactation rooms are concerned, I have used them out in public. I don't go out in public a lot. Because <laughs> I have four kids and they're all really young and that's really crazy. However, I do find them to be very helpful when I'm out in public. So that's a little bit about me. Rachel, tell us about you. Okay, my name is Rachel Jackson. I am the mother of two boys ages three and five years old. I've been practicing law for about 16 years and was often traveling for work and struggling with breastfeeding and pumping and trying to find a sanitary place to pump. And I ended up having so many bouts of mastitis and clogged ducts because of it that I ended up, I started giving up a lot of work because it was just too hard to pump. So I invented a medical device actually for breastfeeding women that helps to treat all those conditions. And then at the same time, I started to become a real advocate for these issues like breastfeeding in the workplace, breastfeeding um, in airports in a sanitary place that is not a bathroom. And so that's my focus now. 
Awesome. I love it when moms like see a need and they create a product like that. Yeah, tell us the, the name of your website so people can check it out. Yes, it's rachelsremedy.com and it's a moist heat or cooling device that helps to increase milk flow. It's great to use before pumping and it helps to relieve clogged ducts and mastitis and um, really good for traveling moms as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, hi, Sunny. Thank you for having me on. I'm Priya Namarn. I am a mom of three. Uh, my kids are a little bit older. I have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old. I breastfed and breast pumped for all three of them. My youngest, I actually breastfed him for three years. And I'm also the co-founder of the Moms Pump Here Nursing Locator app. It's a global nursing locator app that allows women to find places to breastfeed and breast pump. We have thousands of locations in seven countries. And we just launched our second version this year, allowing women to find places comfy places and safe places to go to pump and nurse. Greetings all. My name is uh, Mikhail Salaj. I am a new mother. I have an 11-month-old son. I'm a pumping mom on the go, and you know I like to nurse at home as well. But uh, most importantly, I am a lawmaker in New York State, and I'm advocating for family-friendly policies, which include lactation rooms in airports and in public buildings. I want to make sure that every mom has a place where they can you know, nurse their child, where they can pump, and it's sanitary, has electrical outlet, and a chair. Awesome. And Rebecca. Hello. My name is Rebecca Jackson Artis. I'm an actor, a writer, a stand-up comedian. Are you surprised? Um, I'm also a lactation specialist and a doula. And those worlds do collide many times because I have to make women laugh as they learn how to breastfeed. Um, and um, I'm also a mom. I, I call myself I'm a mom of two and a half children because I was blessed to enter into a marriage of with a daughter already. I have a daughter, a stepdaughter who I consider a daughter. I don't say the word step. She's 14 years old and she gets tired of me constantly telling her the power of the female body and how she better breastfeed my grandbabies. Um, and then um, I have two sons, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. They probably know more about lactation than most eight and six-year-olds because I bring them around with me to functions and community activist meetings. And I primarily work in the African-American community. I am a proud African-American sister and um, I do many uh, community activist events that I head and lead. I'm also right now working on a project with an amazing mental health organization here in Raleigh, North Carolina. What our goal is, we we started an organization called Women's Voice. There's a need for African-American women to be acknowledged that we do get postpartum depression and we get it on top of having to deal with all the other stresses of racism in this world. And so um, right now I'm working with a program, working with pregnant moms, birth and postpartum moms and really targeting how we can really serve moms in underserved communities who are in low resource communities and really understand that they are supported and they are advocated for. And that's the work I'm doing. Awesome, Rebecca. Thanks for being with us today. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with our first segment. (coughs) Sounds familiar. (coughs) If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. It was so difficult to wipe off. 
Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. All right, so before we kick off our episode today, we have a segment called Mama Hacks that we love because it's your opportunity to reach out to us and share your favorite breastfeeding and pumping hacks, which are basically just little tips that you've learned that make the whole process a little more simple for you. And the reason I started this segment is because people were sending us tips and they were really great tips. And I'm like, okay, more people than me have to know about this and just posting to the Facebook wall was just not cutting it. So this actually comes from Britain. Brittany. And so Brittany says, this is her hack. She says, bring a sterilized spill-proof dish with lid to store milk bags. And she's referring to milk bags after they've already been filled up. So after you've pumped. Um, she says, I had a few bags leak in my lunchbox and lost the whole day's milk. Oh, that just breaks my heart oh, right there. Oh. I know, right? Also, she says, if you pump a lot, you can keep the pieces cold and go two to three sessions before cleaning everything, usually once at lunch and again at the end of the day. It really helps supply to nurse when dropping the baby off with care providers at lunch and then stick around daycare when you arrive to nurse before heading home. She said she also, she has a bunch of tips here. She says, I also ask my sitter to not give bottles within 30 to 45 minutes of my arrival. And I love, especially that last tip, I've heard some of the stuff about, you know, keep the, the, the pump parts cold um, so that way, you know, it keeps everything more, you know, sanitary and stuff like that. But I love the idea of saying to the babysitter, listen, this is the time I'm planning to be home. And within, you know, if the baby starts to cry or, you know, you think that, that the baby's hungry within 30 to 45 minutes of me coming home, wait, wait, because I haven't pumped in a while. <laughs> and there's nothing more frustrating than coming home and your baby's full, right? <laughs> yes. And you want that baby to still want to breastfeed and not become too bottle dependent if that's what your goals are. And so right. if those are your goals. Yeah. You make that baby wait a few minutes and there you are full of milk. So yes. I agree yes. with that. All right. Well, Brittany, thanks so much for sending this in. If you're listening and you're like, oh, I've got this great hack that I want to share with the Boob Group audience, we would love to hear it. You can go to our website at newmommymedia.com and click the contact link at the bottom if you want to email us. Also through the website, you can send us a voicemail straight through your computer. Don't even have to pick up a phone anymore. You can post it to our Facebook page. There's a lot of different ways you can reach out to us. Hopefully, we'll get it and we'll put it on a future episode for you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> So 
today we're talking about the importance of lactation rooms for breastfeeding and pumping mamas while they're out in public. Many times these public locations were created as a result of legislation. So most of the moms joining us today, they've had some experience with creating legislation or supporting legislation in their states. And so we're going to you know, share their experience as we go along. Mamas, welcome so much to the Boob Group. We're so excited to have you. Uh, let's just dive in and talk about some legislation here. I think that's the, the easiest way to talk about is something that's currently on the floor in New York. And so, Mikhail, I know that you have introduced a bill, and you're also the prime sponsor of a bill, and it's about getting lactation rooms into airports. And this is for, is it just, is it for the whole state of New York, or is it more like the New York City area? Can you tell us a little bit more about the bill? So we actually seek, New York seeks to join Illinois and California with this bill that will require all airports to provide a nursing space for breastfeeding moms and pumping mothers behind the security screen area. And we want to make sure that these areas are equipped with a chair, electric outlet, and it's away from public view. And so we are, and I'm proud to say we've passed it in the New York State Assembly. It's moving on to the Senate, and we look forward for the governor to sign this. Wow. How long does it take? I'm just curious from start to finish. I mean, if you introduce a bill, I mean, that's a that's a lot of work, right? So how long have you been working on this? So on average, a a bill takes seven years to pass, you know, to get some, you know, passed through both houses and to be signed by the governor. But you know, this is such an important topic. And I introduced this bill last year. And we're we're proving that this is a a important topic. And we're getting it done this year. So um, this, you know, this bill is is just something that I think, um, is a common sense piece of legislation that um, both sides of the aisle supports. And that's why it's moving so fast through both houses. That's awesome. Okay. And I know, Rachel, you have experience with this bill as well, you know, helping Mikhail and, and trying to get the word out there. Tell us a little bit about your involvement. Yes, actually, I found out about the federal bill and I knew about Mikhail's uh, bill on the assembly floor. And so I drafted a um, mirror bill and gave it to Senator Kennedy, New York State Senator Kennedy. And he really ran with it and introduced it to the Senate. And so together with Tim Kennedy, I've been working with him to get approval for that. So I was lobbying in Albany, and that's where I got to meet Mikhail. And um, spoke with a lot of the assembly members, a lot of the senators, and there was real overwhelming support for it. In fact, so much that the Buffalo-Niagara International Airport constructed a lactation room before they're required to, before the bill passes, because as soon as they found out about it, they wanted to show their support. And so it's already had an effect before it's even passed. I think a lot of the issue with this bill and this entire issue is that there's just a lack of education about the need for it. And I think that's why not enough has been done yet. But when people do find out about all the struggles and the issues and the real health concerns that go along with women having to pump in places like bathrooms that are unsanitary, that people do want to help and they do want conditions to get better. That's that's really awesome. Okay, so what would we say here is the overall goal in having legislation that encourages more public places to offer lactation rooms? Are we trying to get, you know, kind of the, the big fish if you will to set precedents and then other people will follow suit or do you guys think that really, you know, in order to get more and more public places to offer this, it's going to have to be done through legislation? This is just kind of the start of it. Mikhail, what would you say, what's your take on this, having introduced this bill and and kind of seen where things stand now? 
I really believe that uh, once we implement and normalize uh, breastfeeding through, you know, public spaces, public areas, um, it's going to be a domino effect. And it's going to be proof positive that people want to see this, people want this in, in their communities, and people want this in, in their private businesses. So I think this is just a domino effect. I believe that too partially, but I also believe that because we already know that the importance of breastfeeding and the health benefits of breastfeeding, and we also know that only 16% of mothers in the U.S. breastfeed pursuant to the Academy, American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations of the six months exclusive and then up to a year. I think that we need to back up that knowledge with legislation to support it for women because right now it's too hard. And a lot of places still are not moving fast enough to make the accommodations that we need to make mothers and babies healthier. So I, um, I definitely think that this legislation is so important. I also believe it will be a domino effect, but that we still need to move and all the other states need to adopt it and federally as well. Okay. Is it easier, just, you know, kind of a little inside knowledge here about the legislative process, is it easier if something, if a state has already adopted something and brought it into its fold, if you will, is it easier for other states, like as far, you know, can they literally take another bill and pretty much just write their state name on it and be like, yeah, we this, we want this too. Like, is it easier for things to follow suit? Is that how it works? So it was mentioned before that there's federal legislation. So there's Friendly Airports of Mothers Act that was introduced by Representative Tanny Duckworth, and that's basically requiring all federal airports to implement lactation rooms. And so many of the states saw that this was a great idea and went to go implement it in their individual states. And so it's pretty easy, you know, you could just, you know, copy and paste it and, and apply your state, but sometimes you have to little, you know, tweak it a little bit. But, you know, every state is looking to um, implement some of these rules, and we hope that the federal government will be, you know, be implementing this rule sooner than later. All right. So I want to get some of the other mamas, you know, involved in the conversation. So I'm thinking, you know, I don't have anything to do with legislation, at least up to this point. I really haven't got my hands dirty in that at all. So I just can speak about this from a mom point of view. And I know when I have gone out and there have been sometimes businesses that, in fact, I was just at church, was it last night? And they, my church actually has a separate family room and then a separate lactation room. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) I was so proud of my church last night. But but there's other places, right? There's private businesses. And and sometimes you see this in the public as well. And so I know it motivates me because I'm still breastfeeding my twins. I know it motivates me to want to support them like because I feel like they're on my team, so to speak, if they're going to stick their neck out there, you know, in a little bit in a way, I I feel like closer to them. And I kind of want to support them a little bit more. But Priya, let's get your take on this a little bit. You know, I know you're not breastfeeding or pumping now. So you, you know, you couldn't have benefited from all the stuff that's happening right now in the legislation. But what is your take? And I know you've probably heard from moms, too, that are on the app and and, you know, they're reporting in and telling you about, you know, these different types of lactation rooms so other moms can find out about them. So what's your take on all of this? I 100 percent support uh, Mickey's legislation. I think this is a very important move for women and for the country. And, you know, we're so far behind from other countries. So this is just this is awesome (laughs) that we're doing this. And that's another topic, right? Yeah, Um, it is. (laughs) um, But coming from my standpoint, you know, I did have problems when I was breastfeeding and breast pumping and finding comfy places to go. I had to pump in my office way back when. So it was important for us to start the uh, the nursing room locator app because uh, we didn't want women to fall into the same situation as we did, you know, having to 
pump or to breastfeed in the bathroom because if you're not going to eat in a bathroom or prepare a meal, why should a nursing mom basically? And I know that's come up a lot. I think it's kind of funny that, you know, we have to implement the legislation. It's very important and we have to make sure that there's more support behind breastfeeding moms and breast pumping moms. But there are so many nursing room locations around the country and outside of the country. I mean, we're, we have lactation rooms in seven countries. So we have, it's, it's from retail stores, airports. Um, we have churches listed. So Sunny, you're more than welcome to submit your church. I have to add my church. Yes. Add your church and I'll post it and I'll share it with the mom so they know it's available. Uh, We have hospitals, we have stadiums, parks, we have um, doctor's offices, tons of different places moms can go. And we also have ratings and reviews. So moms can um, talk about what's available in those spaces. So you won't always have like the high end nursing room location that has tons of things in there, like a fridge and an outlet, uh, you know, privacy and all that stuff. But you might have a place that is semi-private and, you know, has a one little chair for you to use and you can go to and use it. But you need to let moms know what's available for them, you know. But there are tons of different places around the country that are breastfeeding friendly. And I, again, it's all about awareness and telling moms that these resources are available for them. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into these lactation rooms. We're going to talk about some of the possible concerns. We've been mentioning the benefits, and and I think all the mamas listening now um, have probably even understood most of the benefits before we started talking today. But I do want to address some of the possible concerns with this, such as not normalizing breastfeeding because it's being done behind closed doors. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion about lactation rooms and and mainly rooms in public places. And we've been talking a lot about the benefits and the legislation. I do want to address some of the concerns that moms may have, that advocates of breastfeeding may have. And then, you know, I know, Rebecca, that you have some concerns with this. So so tell me a little bit about that. I might get get a little controversial. That's me. Um, (laughs) And you laugh, Sunny, because you know me. That's Um, right. (laughs) Um, I love myself. Anyway, so here's the deal. For pumping at work, and maybe it's because, let me just tell a little bit of my personal story. And I might get a little touchy. But I was was molested as a child. So growing up, I, I wanted to shun my body. I wanted to cover my body constantly. If you mention anything about body parts or breast or whatever I I would I would flinch it was it was a scary thing so when I gave birth I had to really delve deep into my soul to allow like these people to look <laughs> look at certain parts of my body and then after giving birth uh, I have to say naturally I was handed this baby and told I had to put this baby to my breast which I totally was mentally prepared for like on a level of like oh yeah like because I was all holistic and we were all earthy and artistic And I was like, oh, yeah, but what I didn't understand is right when I put my baby to my breast, I had to let go and deal with and face all the trauma that I dealt with from years uh, of facing what I faced as a child. And I had no concept of what that took, you know, so 
I had to get deep. I had to get spiritual. I had to get all sorts of things. And the first six weeks of me breastfeeding my first son was so emotional for me um, because I had to deal with a lot of things. And I'm saying all this because once I got over that, nursing in public was empowering beyond imagination. I had no idea breastfeeding can become like spiritual, you know, and it became that. So I got to the point where I was like, I'm pumping, I'm pumping in your face. I'm pump. I'm nursing in your face. I don't care. I'm nursing in church. I'm nursing in the hospital. I'm nursing whatever. And if you have anything to say about it, we can have a conversation and I'm going to school you. And I did. I And my husband sometimes would tell me I became this like breastfeeding, like, like bear, you know, because I think I was so happy that I had forgiven myself for all those years. And I say all that to say that when I did work and I pumped at work, pumping at work, I only went in a room because I knew other people had issues, but I could pump at my my desk, whatever. And then I also never, there was one time, one time in the five years that I breastfed, because I breastfed both my sons two and a half years each. And there was one time when I was at my in-laws family's gathering in Virginia and I was told, could I go upstairs to a room to breastfeed my son? And I remember thinking, like, excuse you? Uh, no. And so at that point, I realized it was other people that had a problem. I didn't have the problem. I was doing what I was naturally built and made to do. So I have a little issue with lactation rooms. I don't have, and I want to stress this, I don't have the issue when it comes to work and the sound of a pump can be really irritating to some people, but I have an issue when we're out here in the world and we have a mom and we tell her she needs to go into a room and then she has to breastfeed in there. And then we have a problem with normalizing breastfeeding. It's time to normalize it. If we're going to normalize it, let's do some education in schools. Let's do some education in communities and let's empower women because now I deal with a bunch of women who I have to literally debunk myths and help them reconnect through uh, socially the normalcy of breastfeeding. The lactation room issue, I know you said that you have a problem with it, but the it's not just about women going in and nursing privately, even though some women do prefer to do that. And it is not necessarily because of, of what other people are thinking. It's because they are more comfortable, the baby's more comfortable in a quiet room. And I know my babies, if I was just out in the airport nursing, they'd be looking everywhere. My nipple would be like on fire of how many times they ripped <laughs> off looking around. And so a private room was important for me, not because I was worried about what people were thinking, but because breastfeeding was a lot easier for me that way. But in terms of pumping, and I'm a very public person, there could be a camera on me right now, I don't care. But pumping was the one thing I would never, like, I'd rather go to the bathroom in public than pump in public. It was so, oh, I mean, I just, I really didn't want anyone to see it. I just wanted to be alone. It was a very private thing for me. And I know a lot of women feel that way too, that they would rather not be seen pumping. And so it's really important to provide that. Yeah, and that's what I said. I stress the fact for pumping, 
it yeah. makes sense. Right. And I'm, and I'm going to stress that for pumping. It makes sense. And I hear what you're saying about some women and some babies. And first of all, my sons were the biggest distracted son. And, and they're, they're still like to get my eight year old to focus in his class. His teacher's constantly telling me, you know, he drifts. And I'm like, well, his mother is an imaginative person too. You know, my sons are people watchers and they've been like that since the beginning. But again, and, and I hear what you're saying. But what I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little deeper with it. I deal with women who are in their 40s who've never seen a woman breastfeed. I'm working with women who the concept of putting a baby to the breast is completely out of imagination. Because we have, we have grown women who have never, ever seen another woman breastfeed. And I'm going to be honest, and we all can admit, we've walked past rooms, and we've walked past rooms many times, and we've subconsciously read what's on the room, but it's never sunk in until somebody stops you and go, that's a lactation room. That's where women breastfeed. And you go, oh, I get it. So I feel like, yes, there is a positive to these lactation rooms. And again, if you feel empowered that you you rather go in the room, that's great. But again, we have to understand this is not the pill. This is a this is a Band-Aid. This is not a way to solve and heal the wound. It is a way to solve and heal the wound of women traveling that quit breastfeeding because there's nowhere sanitary to pump. So it is much more than a Band-Aid. I disagree with you there. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stress that. I, I, I said pumping, I get it. I'm talking about putting a baby to the breast. I mean, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, and I absolutely believe in normalizing breastfeeding. I think that women should be able to breastfeed wherever they want, absolutely. And I also believe that if that includes going into a private room, that that's okay, too, that we just have to respect you know, what people are most comfortable with. I also wonder, too, just like what happened to me at church last night where I saw the, you know, the sign lactation or whatever it said. And I was like, I just wonder if even having some of these rooms is going to start conversation because people are going to be walking by and seeing something that they haven't seen before. You know, I, I've seen some photos of some pretty amazing lactation facilities at like a baseball stadium. I can't remember who even did this recently. but Cincinnati. Yeah, my home state. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. And from that standpoint, I'm like, wow, I want to go to this game just to go and breastfeed <laughs> in the room or pump or whatever you want to do. So I often wonder if that will help a little bit, too, in just, you know, kind of getting the word out there. Well, it could also do the opposite because I, I'm going to be and I'm going to call some people in my family out, which I'm sure hopefully they'll never listen to this. But I have some people in my family. They feel like you need to be in a room locked up. And they will say that to the end and they will applaud these lactation rooms because they'll say, I don't want to see no woman with no baby at her breast. And they they are adamant. So to get my I mean, I had to work through deep years of trauma with my family to just sit in a room while they played categories or while they played taboo because I wanted to play, too. And I wanted to sit there while I nursed and play taboo. And luckily through years and now I have cousins who now have babies. And luckily I have normalized breastfeeding with my family. I, and truly, I did that. And, and I have now, my family, some relatives, they'll, they'll kind of squint, but they go, you know what, Becky, you're right. The, you, and, but it took me to say, no, I'm not going in that room, and I'm not going to be 
shunned because I want to be a part of this family too. And I want my sons and, and, and what I'm doing, there's nothing wrong with it. Rebecca, you're totally right. And I, I might, you know, implement some legislation to require breastfeeding education in, in schools, especially for high school, maybe for college students. We'll see what we can do. I don't even think the Affordable Care Act supports teachers. No, no. I don't think it does. Um, there's a clause in there no. that doesn't support teachers. Yeah, no, yeah. teachers are not support. And I know this because my husband is an academic administrator here in North Carolina. And he was also an academic administrator at Chicago Public Schools. And that was something I was working in Chicago Public Schools is because in health education, we teach about sex. We teach about STIs. We teach about all these other public health issues. But we don't teach. And we tell them to walk around with a flower sack, you know, and but we don't tell them how to nourish their babies. We don't tell these young young women how to empower that. Oh, this is why you have breasts. This is the only reason you have breasts. And so I pushed and pushed for that curriculum to be involved. And of course, there was a little apprehension. And of course, we all know Chicago Public Schools have other issues. So so they that was something that was not on their their prime list. Your point of view is so important, Rebecca. And, you know, from a business standpoint, from a company that shares information about the lactation rooms that are available. We we were very conscious of the message when we started. It wasn't about, you know, covering up your breasts when you breastfeed. It was more about safety and, and comfort and just basically being comfortable and not sitting on a toilet. But when we started, we had so many moms, we had like a focus group and things like that. We wanted to make sure that we were telling women to breastfeed wherever they chose to. And we're constantly putting that message out there on our social media, on our website to let women know you can breastfeed anywhere you choose without harassment or discrimination um, because it's your natural right and your federal right. So I think it's also, you know, it's important that we educate each other, but companies that like my own that support nursing moms and breast pumping moms that they advocate for the breast for breastfeeding in public. And I think the messaging is so important. And your story, is, I, I love your story. You know, maybe there should be more moms sharing stories just like yours to let people know that, you know, it's okay. I remember breastfeeding my son in the hospital, my cousin walking, my male cousin walking in and I flinched for a second and he just stood there and looked at me and I was like, you know what? So what? (laughs) You can stare at me all you want. I don't care. We grew up together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And and I'm just going to be, I'm going to be even deeper here. Breastfeeding allowed me to forgive my molester. Wow. Because I realized that I was allowing that person to control my life. And once I was empowered through breastfeeding and breastfeeding in public and stopped shaming my body, I realized that that was a story that I was allowing to control my life. And now I had a new chapter. That's incredible. But again, I'm not the only one. I deal with women every day. You know, and we have to talk about this is when we start talking about covering or even going into, and I hear what you're saying. I totally get it. Cause there, and I've worked with those women. They're like, Rebecca, I love you, but I ain't nursing in public. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I want them to say at least when the only time when we grow is when we're uncomfortable. Yeah. And and we all I mean you could whatever spiritual person that you go to, they'll tell you that. The only time not only an individual but a community grows is when they're forced with dealing with conflict and being uncomfortable. And so I hear what you, and I, and I applaud you guys for doing this. This is amazing what you're doing. You are taking it a step further where people, some people who are observant will look by and go lactation room. Hmm, let me look that up on my smartphone and they'll, and they'll stop. 
You know, and it might be an 18 year old boy that goes, what? And then he will grow up to advocate for his his significant other to breastfeed. So that's great. But again, we have to understand this is a this is just one aspect of a much layered issue. Absolutely agree with you. But just speaking to legislation, you know, I've been to airports and, you know, sometimes these airports aren't sanitary, you know, uh, when there's flight delays or if the flight doesn't go off and, you know, there's massive delays, you know, everyone is everywhere. And so just having a a place where um, you can go and nurse and, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, that little boy running up to you trying to, you know, you know, find out what you're doing or worrying about that, you know, gentleman in the corner looking at you peeking, trying to, you know, I don't know, do some scrupulous stuff, you know, a lactation room provides kind of some release for mothers and also a social scene a social scene for for me it was a social scene being able to sit down with a group of mothers chat it up having conversations and enjoying the company uh, while we wait for our flight I think to me was just really awesome and and supplying a place to sit because a lot of those times I've been in JFK so many times standing no place to go right exactly like overnights, I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced this too, but your flight gets canceled. I don't think I've ever been a breastfeeding mom in that situation. I don't think I had kids yet, but I remember spending the night at airports. What do you do? I mean, there's so much care that your baby needs like overnight and stuff. Well, some hotels like the Hard Rock in Chicago, they give moms breast pumps. If you go up to wow. the desk and you say, yeah, it's on your app. It's on your app? The Hard Rock in Chicago. That's amazing. Provide nursing moms with breast pumps. Hopefully they're multi-user pumps. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone. And I'm actually talking to the W right now. So I'm hoping that it becomes more widely accepted from these hotels for traveling That moms. is amazing. Yeah. I know, right? I was that traveling mother. And dealt with, I mean, I will never forget this, actually, this example. I was traveling with my breast pump and I was, um, my flight was delayed. So when you fly and you're pumping, it is such a timed, everything has to be perfect for it to work right. Because you pump in time for you to get on the flight and not miss your flight. It's just, and then if it's delayed, you're like, oh my God, there are so many parts to it that make it so awful. You know, but the worst was, I, I, will, I will never forget this. I was, um, I had to go in, I had to pump in the bathroom in a stall with the cord coming out, just barely fitting into the electrical outlet. And, you know, and it was so loud and I'm like crouched over a toilet. It was just so gross. And then I always would throw away that precious milk because it's just not sanitary. You know, it's just disgusting. So, um, and there's no way to hold the pump and get everything on. So everything's touching the bathroom floor, whatever. And I was reading um, in the Buffalo News, one of the one of the writers wrote an editorial about how women who are breastfeeding should never breastfeed in public and that they should breastfeed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the bathrooms on a changing table. What? She wants to get cut. Oh, I know. <laughs> she wants to get cut. Because, no, seriously, seriously, let me tell you, I'm from Chicago and she wants to get cut. So, yeah, I want to know her name and I want to know her social security number because we got to find her. Before we're done here, I'm going to Google it. But I was reading that. I was so angry. So then I wrote a response that didn't get published. But there were like 50 million attack responses. And he made this horrible fake apology that he was sorry that people were offended or something like that by his editorial surface apologies yeah it was so pivotal for me that i was like oh my god 
I am going to take this on because people don't understand. They just don't get it. Like this guy doesn't even know what a changing table is. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there, you know, there's just, it all goes back to the whole education thing. I mean, people just mm-hmm. don't know that it's a problem and they need to be educated about it. And then they will be so much more likely to be supportive of legislation like this, of women breastfeeding in public and whatever. I mean, it's just a matter of education. And so the benefits, the benefits are huge because so many women quit breastfeeding because traveling is so hard, because pumping at work is so hard. We're the biggest numbers of um, women going back to the workforce are the biggest numbers of people going back to the workforce. And so many of those women quit nursing before their goals because it's too hard. So legislation like this can help women breastfeed longer. But not only that, there are huge economic impacts to this because um, the journal pediatrics came out with a study showing that if just if 90% of women followed the guidelines that the U S could save $13 billion annually in healthcare and related costs to the baby alone, not even just the mother, just the baby. That's crazy. And there are other, there are other academic benefits as well in budgeting in schools too. Yes. That if we all breastfed our babies according to the WHO or even American Academy of Pediatrics, the benefits to just societal uplifting society would be huge in academics and social justice causes and other things. So that's, that's important. It's a rippling effect when it comes to legislation and implementing policies that are family-friendly, like paid family leave and and so forth and so on. It's just all about making sure that women and families are represented in state houses. So definitely this conversation that we are having is so important. Okay, so to wrap up our conversation, because we've been chatting a lot today, let's talk about what can moms do that are listening? How do we take this a step further? If we want to have more of these facilities um, in public places, what do we do? Mikhail, what what would you say to the mom, you know, that isn't in the New York area that maybe, you know, located somewhere else that, that wants this in her community as well? I would definitely say to contact your state representatives, also contact your federal representatives, even your local representatives. Just contact any elected official and say that we want lactation rooms in particular areas such as airport or in public spaces. Now, your legislation, does it have a name? Can they be like, hey, I know this is going on in New York. Can you look this up? Because I think this is a really good idea for our area. I mean, what's it called if they were to do that? Airport Lactation Room Act. Very simple. <laughs> or just say that um, we want um, you know, lactation rooms in airports and please sign on to any legislation pertaining to lactation rooms. Very simple. You don't have to be articulate. You don't have to pull out a law or legalese book and say, hey, you know, this is what it is. <laughs> no, just simply say, I want this and please act upon that. Yeah, we need a place to pump. We need a place to, to nurse that is not a bathroom that's sanitary, that has running uh-huh. water. And I have a feeling Mikhail is going to be introducing a lot more legislation that's going to help. Yes, thank you, Rebecca, for the ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And can I get paid for it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I charge $250 an hour. <laughs> I got to go. Bye. No. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, mamas. Well, thanks so much for everyone being part of our show today. If you're a member of the Boob Group Club, then please be sure to check out our bonus content for this episode. We're going to chat a little bit more about this legislation we've been talking about, about getting lactation rooms in airports. So for more information about our club, visit the member section on our website.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so in closing out our episode today, we have a question for one of our experts, and this comes from Haley Dawson, and Haley wrote this to us. She says, hi there, can you please give me some advice? I'm really having difficulty in getting my 10-week-old to take a bottle. Up until recently, she has only had a bottle on rare occasions when I've had to go out alone, and she has taken it without much protest, even with formula when I hadn't had any expressed, any milk expressed. But all of a sudden, after a break of a couple of weeks, she's refused to take a bottle at all. We've tried different bottles and teats, and we've been using express milk at body temperature, but she just screams and spits everything out. I'm getting really worried as there are some days I'm going to have to leave her with daddy, and he gets really stressed out. You know, she just won't have it. She gets upset. I'm going back to work in a couple of months, and she's going to the nursery, so she's going to have to be taking a bottle by then. Do you have any ideas on what we should try? Thank you, Haley. Hi, Haley. This is Michelle Stolberger from Metropolitan Breastfeeding. I'm an IBCLC located in the Washington, D.C. area. First off, it would be a good idea just to check and make sure that you aren't having issues with lipase in your milk, which can cause the milk to taste soapy. You can also smell a soapy smell. This can happen both with freshly expressed milk as well as thawed milk, so just check it each time you pump to be sure. Next, try and change up the baby's routine. Give the bottle while she's in her car seat, walk and bounce her slightly while giving her the bottle, or even try using a small cup or spoon to try something different. I know this is frustrating, but just try and stay calm. Lastly, reach out to a qualified lactation consultant to get in-person help. Good luck. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Thanks so much for listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, newbies for newly postpartum moms, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, and twin talks for parents of multiples. This is The Boob Group, where moms know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free.
That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.